to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading 2 Corinthians. I did not realize we are closing in on the end of this so fast. We are ready to read chapter 12. We just read chapter 11. Now in chapter 11, Paul is really kind of fussing at the Corinthians for falling in with or entertaining and believing these um, false teachers, these false apostles. He sarcastically calls them super apostles because they make these you know, claims of being so much better than Paul. And, and who knows what other claims they're making. I'm just mentioning the ones that Paul mentions. Um, so, and he tells them about how much that God has, has taken him through and all that he has you know, uh, how he's been endangered, talking about Paul, how he's been endangered and how he's gone through so much, you know, in his ministry and all the dangers and all the, all the, I guess all the rough parts, all the scary parts of his ministry as he travels to the different churches and all the different things he has to go through. So that was chapter 11. Now in chapter 12, he's going to continue to speak to them about this. He's still talking about, uh, really talking about how he's boasting, though nothing is gained from it. He's boasting of uh, things that he's done in his ministry and the Lord to show them, you know, how a true ministry is and how um, a true apostle is you know these guys are coming around um, these false teachers are coming around just taking money to speak to them just living the good life that is the uh, that's the implication the implication is these guys are just traveling hucksters that come around and they they're smooth talkers and and they just talk and and, and tell them things they want to hear and and do some good speaking and they get paid and then they move on to the next town and do the same thing you know, they're not really going through uh, spreading the gospel the way Paul is and really at, at risk of their lives doing this. So, so alright, so we're ready to read 2 Corinthians chapter 12. There's only one more chapter after this, and it's chapter 13. That's why I say we're really closing in to the end of this so much quicker than I expected. And I will need to do another little summary of this. I think this perhaps will be easier to summarize than the others we've we've done but nonetheless all right so again this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth and he's still relating comparing and explaining the differences between himself and these false apostles or super apostles as he sarcastically calls them okay uh, this is 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1 it is necessary to boast, though nothing is gained by it, but I will go on to visions, I'm sorry, visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, only God knows, such a man was caught up, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. Now, the third heaven was considered to be, well, you know, I'm not clear this. Let me, let me I'm going to read you the note here, but this is not, this is not something that I know, so I may have to study this some more, but the note here says, 
This was the dwelling place of God called paradise by Jesus and also called paradise by Paul here in upcoming verse 4. So just be aware of that. And I know that such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, only God knows, was caught up into paradise. So here he's saying paradise is, he's, this, he's saying uh, this as if paradise is just another name for that third heaven, the dwelling place of God. And heard inexpressible words which man is not permitted to speak, words too sacred to tell. On behalf of such a man and his experiences, I will boast. But in my own behalf, I will not boast except in regard to my weaknesses. If I wish to boast, I will not be foolish because I will be speaking the truth. But I abstain from it so that no one will credit me with more than is justified by what he sees in me or hears from me. Okay, so he abstains from boasting because he doesn't want someone to credit him with things they should not, basically. Just credit him with what he's due, with what they see and hear in him. Because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations which I received from God, for this reason, to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. But he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. So, this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, and I know people are always trying to figure that out, and I have no guesses, but you'll notice it keeps him humble. It keeps reminding him that he's not better than others. It keeps him from exalting himself. So it keeps him humble, whatever it is. We all, I don't know about you, but I, I know I have. I have feelings that keep me humble, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have feelings that definitely uh, cause me to say, well, yeah, I, I, need to, I need to remember that I am no better than anyone else. Uh, so yeah, he has some weakness that keeps him humble. Alright, but, you know, God is saying my grace is enough for you and my power is uh, perfected and shows, you know, best in your weakness. And, you know, that's that's probably true of all of us. When we're having those weak moments and those weak times and God helps us get through those things, that is, that is uh, when his power, I guess, is at its best for us in a way. So, therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, and this is in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. So the simple version of that is for when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, and I've also, I think of it a lot of times as for when I am weak, then 
God is strong, and God, you know, lends me His strength and takes takes care of me in that way. This is this is just one of those things that is often talked about. Everyone's familiar with these verses, at least as far as I know. Um, not that there's anything wrong if it's something new to you. That's great, but um, these are things that are, I guess, um, quoted and talked about a lot. So. Um, but that's how I've always thought of it is for when I'm weak, you know, when I'm as a human, I'm just a weak human and I admit I'm a weak human, um, then, you know, I can receive God's strength and God's help. And it's, it's a great thing. All right, so moving on, verse 11. Now I have become foolish. You have forced me by questioning my apostleship. Okay. Uh, now you understand here they must have sent some question or they said something or in a letter they asked him something about his apostleship if it was true and genuine and real and that's kind of where he's coming from and he might be all right now now this is Paul <laughs> he might be a tad offended at him <clears throat> and 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 you could understand why he's like why would you even question that after all the things he's done, all the miracles he's done, all he's gone through to bring them the true word, the true gospel. So, <clears throat> I think he is just a little offended with them, and, and probably rightfully so, because these other people, these so-called super apostles, have stepped in, and they have welcomed them and believed their false doctrine. So let me start over. I, I guess I had read this and I had forgotten about this. But I, I, it wouldn't be good for me to mention things ahead of time anyway. It's better to read through this correctly. So, um, <clears throat> verse 11 again. Now I have become foolish. You have forced me by questioning my apostleship. Actually, I should have been commended by you instead of being treated disdainfully. For I was not inferior to those super apostles. And he's just... <laughs> He's just not happy with these guys. And these guys probably put Paul and, and other the other apostles down. Even if I am nobody, the signs that indicate a genuine apostle are performed among you fully and most patiently. Signs and wonders and miracles. See, these other guys would not be able to do that. Not true miracles, not like Paul and the, and the real real apostles would be able to do. For in what respect were you treated as inferior to the rest of the churches, except for the fact that I did not burden you with my financial support? Forgive me for doing you this injustice. Now, this is dripping with sarcasm, you know. <laughs> He's like, oh, just because I didn't charge you any money, forgive me for not charging you for my services. You know, they miss the point there. But we do have to we do have to give them some grace, and I'm sure Paul did too. Customarily for them, it was normal that they would have paid a speaker, and then and that was just you know we're talking about Greece, we're talking about Corinth in Greece, and um, you know they had traveling speakers and lecturers. That was a popular thing in the day, and you know they would get paid for those. So, all right. <clears throat> Now, for the third time, I am ready to visit you. I will not burden you financially because I do not want what is yours, not your money or your possessions, but you. 
For children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. But I will very gladly spend my own resources and be utterly spent for your souls. If I love you greatly, am I to be loved less by you? But be that as it may, I did not burden you with my support. But some say that I was sly and took you by trickery. Did I take advantage of you or make any money off you through any of the messengers I sent you? Certainly not. I urged Titus to go, and I sent the brother with him. Titus did not take advantage of you, did he? No. Did we conduct? <clears throat> hold on. Did we not conduct ourselves in the same spirit and walk in the same steps? Of course. All this time you have been thinking that we are merely defending ourselves to you. It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking as one in Christ, and everything dearly beloved is to strengthen you spiritually. For I am afraid that perhaps when I come I may find you not to be as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be strife, jealousy, angry, um, oh wait, there may be strife, jealousy, angry tempers, disputes, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I am afraid that when I come again, pardon me, sorry, I am afraid that when I come again, my God may humiliate me before you, and I may mourn over many of those who have been who have sinned in the past and not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and decadence which they formerly practiced. So now he's getting into where he's worried about their souls, he's worried about the condition of their souls and what what are they practicing? Are they practicing what he has been teaching them? Or are they in this impurity, sexual immorality, and decadence, and, and not repenting for those things. So he's coming to the point here where, you know, he's, I think he's a little done with his defense, and now he's talking about he's more worried about them, and he wants to make sure that they're okay, you know, spiritually, the important things, that they're okay, and uh, that's, the, that's the track he's taking, that's where he's heading now, because he's explained to them you know as best you can in a letter how you know how his ministry is and how how and what he's done for them and how he does not burden them and there's there's good reason for that he's not looking to make money off of them he's looking to help them and to teach them so all right and he's hoping not to find them with the strife and jealousy and <clears throat> disputes and slander and all that you know previously if you remember in the previous letter they had a lot of divisions and a lot of a lot of sounded like a lot of um strife so <clears throat> all right so that is second corinthians chapter 12. again that's paul speaking to the corinthians and just trying <laughs> just trying to explain the differences between himself and these other so-called super apostles or fake fake teachers false teachers so quite a bit on false teaching in these these chapters here that that we need to read and understand why Paul is saying what he's saying to them and uh, and what this really means when when we read it if if we understand that a lot of this is sarcastic and that he is making a point 
through some sarcasm, then we, we were better able to understand these chapters when we read them. Um, just picking, you know, verses out here and there, it could, it could be confusing. But if you understand why he's writing to them the way he is and speaking to them, and explaining to them his ministry and what he goes through then then it really helps this whole this whole letter make more sense so again that's second corinthians chapter 12 wanna thank you for listening hope you have a wonderful day remember to stay safe and remember that god loves you